0: Oh, you realize you forgot something else. Oh, another thing went wrong. Cool. Like, let's just keep going. When you have that approach and you have that attitude, your growth happens so much faster. Whatever happens, I'm going to succeed and I'm going to thrive in the face of it. On the one hand, yes, it's difficult, but on the other hand, I want you to see how empowering it feels to be like, well, it's hard and it's long and there's a lot, but if I put these pieces in place, I am going to grow. I am going to experience a change. I am going to experience a transformation in myself and in my career. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in. My name is Jess. I am a New York Times-featured, Podcast host. I'm the creator of this show, obviously, because it's me talking. And I am also a career coach for women. I support women in advancing into and succeeding in leadership and executive positions. And I do that by helping you grow your confidence, expand your leadership skills, and really develop best in class, super powerful communication skills. I had a career in the corporate world. I really struggled and went on a very difficult journey where I was working through imposter syndrome and self-doubt, and I eventually made it to the other end. I grew my confidence a ton. I landed an executive role, but I started this podcast because I felt like in my journey from you know lacking confidence to building a lot of confidence and creating a lot of success in my corporate career... I really felt like there was a huge hole out there and there weren't that many career resources for professional women that were inspiring and authentic and transparent. And I really wanted to start this show to inspire and motivate professional women and to share career advice that goes beneath the surface and addresses some of the deeper struggles that we as women experience in our careers. So if you're someone who is wanting Not just professional success, but deeper transformation that underlies that professional success, you are in the right place and you are especially in the right episode because today's episode is all about inner transformation. This is part two. So, part one is the episode that came right before this one. And that's where I explain the difference between intellectual capacity and emotional capacity. And in part two, I'm diving into how to grow your emotional capacity, because in part one, what I was explaining to you is that if you really want to succeed and thrive in your career and reach your full potential, make your maximum impact, you have to make sure you're not just increasing your intellectual capacity, but you also have to be increasing your emotional capacity, Most of us focus too much on increasing our intellectual capacity. What this looks like is reading books and learning new things and taking trainings and listening to podcasts. These things are learning tools that grow our intellect, but we also need to be supplementing that with growing our emotional capacity, deepening our emotional resilience, deepening our ability to make powerful decisions even when we're uncomfortable or experiencing difficult emotions. Because if we don't deepen our emotional capacity, all of that intellect we're building, all of those intellectual skills we're building aren't going to be able to be put to use in a super powerful way because as soon as things get emotionally difficult, we're going to hit a wall. And for so many of you, when you hit that wall, you think it's because something is wrong with you you must be missing something, you must be inadequate, you must be just doing it wrong or not understanding, or there must be just something inherently wrong with you. And that's not the case. The case is that you need to go deeper into strengthening your emotional capacity and becoming truly unstoppable in the face of challenges and in the face of discomfort. And When you get to that point where you feel unstoppable in the face of obstacles and challenges, you become so effective in your career and you feel so powerful from the inside out. This is truly where confidence comes from. And a lot of people really confuse this. And a lot of people think confidence comes from me feeling good all of the time. If I feel good all of the time and I can just get off of the emotional roller coaster of feeling good sometimes and bad other times. If I can just find a way to get off that roller coaster and always feel good, then finally I'm going to have the confidence, I'm going to take the actions, I'm going to achieve my dreams. And that's not actually how it works. The way that confidence gets built is you learn to ride those ups and downs rather than needing to avoid them. This means you're moving out of this perfectionist mindset that says, I can only succeed and I can only build confidence if I feel perfect and things go perfect all of the time. You're moving out of that mindset because that mindset sets you up to fail because it's impossible and you're moving into a mindset of resilience and flexibility, which is a mindset of whatever happens, I'm going to succeed and I'm going to thrive in the face of it. This is a really big shift that I make with so many of my clients because a lot of them, when they come into their work with me, they're still in that perfectionist mindset. They want everything to be perfect all of the time. And we really have to go through a period where I'm showing them that that is what is keeping them stuck and that their ability to redefine what their growth looks like and redefine what confidence actually is, is going to be a huge catalyst for their growth, for their success, and for them feeling amazing about themselves. So there's quite a lot to this, right? So I definitely suggest that you listen to part one before getting into this one. But today, I'm going to be diving into how to increase your emotional capacity because when you do that, those ups and downs don't thrash you around as much, right? So I want you to think about it as like, a really scary roller coaster. So like, let's imagine that you are seven years old or five years old. You're like a little, really little kid, right? And you go to the amusement park and there's a roller coaster and it seems really scary and it has ups and downs and loops and you're terrified to go on it and you go on it and it's fun, but it's a little scary and you're not sure if you want to go on it again. Now I want you to imagine you return back to that theme park, but instead of you being five years old, now you're however old you know you are right now, right? So you're 30 or 40 or 50, right? But you're at this theme park at your current age, and you're like, oh, remember that like really scary roller coaster that I went on as a kid that was so scary? I wonder if it's still here. And you find the roller coaster. And you look at it and you realize it's not even like one of the scarier roller coasters at the theme park. It's one of the smaller ones. It's more of like an entry-level roller coaster. And you're like, oh my gosh, that roller coaster felt so scary when I was five years old. Let me go on it. And you go on it now and it's kind of slow and a little rickety and a little lame and a little boring. And it's taking you on those ups and downs, but it doesn't quite feel as scary. And you're like, oh, wow. The roller coaster is exactly the same, but I have changed. I am different. This is exactly what happens when you build emotional resilience. Those difficult situations, those obstacles that you've been facing in your professional life that feel like these big, hard, scary things, you start to become stronger. You start to become like that adult going to the theme park. And yes, there's still a roller coaster. Yes, there's still ups and downs, but they feel quite manageable and they feel quite different to you. That's what happens when you grow your emotional capacity. And I really want you to think about how that correlates with what you can accomplish in your job. If the roller coaster doesn't make you dizzy and nauseous and exhausted and overwhelmed, then when you get off the roller coaster, you can enjoy the rest of your day at the theme park. You can buy cotton candy. You can go on another ride. You can go get your photo taken, right? So just like in the theme park example, when the roller coaster doesn't shake you up quite so much, you can do more, enjoy more, accomplish more. Similarly, in your job, when the things that used to feel really hard don't feel quite so hard, you can do more and accomplish more, which means you get better results, You get promoted faster. You feel more ready and more prepared to step into growth opportunities and executive roles because all of a sudden, those big scary roller coasters seem manageable. This is why emotional capacity is so essential. And the reason that I'm really excited and enthused about it and really telling you why you should be enthused about it is because No one ever talks about this, and it's literally one of the most important, the most powerful things. So I really want to emphasize the importance of it because I see so little conversation around it, and to me that's wild because it's literally the most powerful thing. And the most powerful thing is one of the things that's talked about the least when it comes to helping women build confidence and thrive in their corporate careers. So I want to make sure that I'm putting a lot of attention on it. And helping you see just how important it is to build emotional capacity because I want you to recognize its value and go after building it and pursuing it because I know that is the thing that is going to lead you to lasting, sustainable success and self confidence. So, in today's episode, I'm deep diving into how you build emotional capacity. How do you actually do that? What does that look like? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Before I dive in too much deeper, One quick announcement, if you are newer around here, I want to invite you to download my free resource library. My free resource library is a one-stop shop for every free resource that I have created ever. It includes video courses, audio courses, worksheets, an ebook, and even unpublished podcast episodes, all designed to help you grow your confidence and thrive in your career. Some of my most popular downloads and items in the free resource library are my Assertiveness ebook, The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace, and my Executive Communication video course, Speak Like a CEO. Those are among the many juicy resources and downloadables that you will find in the free resource library. Get your access today by clicking the link in the show notes or going to justguessitcoaching.com slash free resources. And you will see right at the top, it says, get the free resource library. That's where you can access this. Okay, (laughs) now let's go in a little bit deeper into building your emotional capacity. So there are three things that you want to do when it comes time to build your emotional capacity. And these are the three things that I do with my clients. So when I am coaching my clients, I have this framework in mind. This is how I am supporting them to make sure that the growth that we are achieving together isn't surface level growth that is going to be fleeting. This is how I make sure that we are working towards something that is lasting. The reason that I coach this way is because part of my own transformation of my self-confidence came from being coached this way. It is a deeper style of coaching that goes beneath the surface, beneath the obvious tactics, beneath the very surface-level how-tos, and into our emotional and psychological landscape to help us achieve deeper change. And there are three parts to this, and I'm going to tell you what they are, and then I'm going to explain each one of them. So the first thing that you need if you want to deepen your emotional capacity AKA, be able to ride big roller coasters and still stay focused and stay effective and not get overwhelmed by it. The three things that you want to do are number one, you want to create a robust support infrastructure all around you. And I'll talk more about what that means and what that looks like. Number two, you want to get crystal clear, crystal clear, no ambiguity. You want to get crystal clear on what Your priorities are and what matters most to you. And number three, you have to consent to experiencing new types of discomfort. So, there's a lot to discuss in explaining these. So, I want to dive right in. And I'm going to dive into the first one, which is build a support infrastructure all around you. Now, the best way for me to explain to you what I mean by this is through an analogy. So, I want you to imagine that there is this beautiful tropical island oasis that you're just dying to not just visit, but to move to and live there permanently. I want you to imagine that there's lush tropical plants in this oasis. There's like gorgeous tropical birds flying around. There's hammocks everywhere. It's just this beautiful, temperate, enjoyable, pleasant oasis that you are really wanting to experience. It's a place that feels joyful and welcoming, and it's a place that you've wanted to go to your entire life. Okay, now I want you to imagine that there's only one way to get to this oasis. And the way that you get to this oasis is that you have to walk on foot through a very brutal, very cold, very intense Aggressive snowstorm. And you not only have to walk on foot through this snowstorm, but you have to walk on foot a very long distance, a distance that can't even be covered in one day. This is a walk that is a trek that you really have to decide to undertake. Now, if you try to make this trek through this aggressive snowstorm with biting winds that takes hours and hours and hours, if you try to make that trek, Without support infrastructure, you will not make it to your destination. Now, there's a way to make it to your destination, even though it is such a difficult trek to make and even though it is a very hard thing that you're undertaking, if you have support infrastructure in place, you will be able to make it to the tropical oasis. So I want you to imagine that someone tells you that you can build whatever support infrastructure you want The only rule is that you have to walk on foot, right? So you can't drive through the snow and you can't take any sort of vehicle. It has to be on foot. But other than that, you can do anything. You have unlimited funds to spend, but you just have to make it through this thing on foot. And you can also take as long as you want. Okay. So if I was in this situation and it had to be on foot, but I could build whatever infrastructure I wanted. What I would do is I would figure out, okay, how much of this cold, snowy desert can I traverse before I start to get tired and before I need to start refueling? And once I figure out what that distance is, I want to set up these magical little refueling huts that I can stop in and rest in, like little pit stops. And inside these huts, I want to make sure I have everything I need to completely restore myself for the next segment of the journey. So inside these huts, there's going to be a warm, crackling fire. There's going to be really delicious, nourishing food. There's going to be a cozy bed. There's going to be entertainment. Maybe I can even bring some friends of mine to be in some of the huts so I can socialize and hang out with them on my way to this journey, on my way to this oasis. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in enough of these huts that there's no way I won't make it to my destination because I'm not just going to put in one hut. I'm going to put in one hut every mile or every X number of feet so that literally as long as I'm committed, nothing can take me out, right? I still have to do it on foot, but I'm going to build such a robust, such a nourishing support infrastructure that I'm absolutely going to make it there. So this is exactly how I think about your journey of building emotional capacity, deepening your emotional capacity. It is as if you were going on this really intense trek. And if you don't have support infrastructure, it is going to be nearly impossible to make it to the Oasis. Not only do you want support infrastructure, but you want to build so much infrastructure that there is no way you won't make it. There is no way that you will fail. You want that because the goal that you're moving towards emotional resilience and career success and lasting confidence, that's a difficult goal, right? That's not the kind of goal that you're going to achieve with no support and in a very, very short period of time. It's not appropriate for those circumstances. And if you treat it that way, you might find yourself stuck and you might blame yourself when really you're trying to cross through a brutal snowstorm with no pit stops. So you want to put in as much support as possible And you want to make sure that you're putting in the type of support that works best for you. And what I have uncovered through my journey of deepening my knowledge of human psychology and training, mentoring, and supervising under the same coach who I worked with in my own growth journey and who is a clinical psychotherapist, what I learned is that as humans, if we want to do something difficult and we are building support infrastructure, and we're allowed to build these pit stops, the ones that are going to be most effective in terms of us achieving our goals and us deepening our emotional capacity is if our support infrastructure consists of other humans. There is no book, no hack, no trick. There is nothing out there that is more powerful and nourishing and effective than genuine deep support that comes from others. Which means that if you want to experience lasting meaningful change, you want to think about how you can create pit stops and infrastructure in your professional life that helps you refuel, that makes you feel supportive, that helps you see yourself through a more positive lens, that helps remind you that you are capable You need to figure out what that is for you and who those people are, and that needs to become a regular practice, not a one-time thing, right? If we try to build one hut on the way to this tropical oasis because we're trying to get away with less infrastructure, we're not even going to make it to the one hut. We want to put those markers in, those pit stops in every several hundred feet. This is what is going to guarantee us success, right? This is the work that I do as a coach. I am my client's hut. I am their pit stop. They're trying to go to a tropical oasis. And when they hire me, what they are saying is I'm building all my pit stops. And it's so fascinating to me because when I support my clients, we are meeting every week, right? And so just like with those pit stops, they're always going to be there every few hundred feet. And that's what sets you up for success. It's very similar when you're thinking about what your support infrastructure is going to be. And it doesn't have to be me, but it has to be something that feels supportive and it has to be regular. It has to be someone or something that you're not just touching base with one time. You need proper infrastructure that is robust enough to hold the bigness of the goals and of the transformation that you are desiring. The other thing you want to think about when you're building these pit stops is you want to make sure that you feel good inside of them, right? So just like if you're crossing this snowstorm, you know, when you go into these little huts and you hear the cackling fire and feel the warmth and eat the food, like you feel better inside, you feel taken care of, you feel really good, you feel replenished. You want to make sure that you feel that way with the support that you have, because not all relationships, not all mentors, not all coaches, not all bosses, not all training programs are created equal. There are some that are going to make you feel really good about yourself, that are going to help you tap into that deeper truth, which is that you know deep down inside you are capable. There are some pit stops and some humans that are going to be able to elicit that feeling for you, elicit that feeling of like, I can do this, right? I've got this. And then there's gonna be other people, other relationships, other bosses, other training programs, other mentors that don't elicit that feeling and you need to pay attention to that. This was a really big reason that I got stuck in my corporate career when I was struggling with self-confidence. I wasn't paying attention to what support and infrastructure was working for me. I just assumed if it works for other people, I should just go and try it and it'll work for me. And then when it wasn't working for me and I wasn't growing, even though I was going to trainings and doing all these things, I thought, oh, something's wrong with me. I'm worse than everyone else. Like Everyone else goes to these workshops and everyone else is working on themselves and growing and it's helping them, but it's not helping me because something's wrong with me. And it wasn't that something was wrong with me. It was that I was spending way too much time with infrastructure that wasn't the right support for me. And the way that you know if it's the right support for you is how it makes you feel. If it makes you feel a sense of possibility, if it makes you feel just a little bit more capable than the prior pit stop, right? If every pit stop makes you feel just a little bit more capable than the one before, and if you notice you have a feeling of drive that happens every time you leave the pit stop and head closer to the next one, that's a really good sign that it's the right support for you. That said, if whatever support you're getting is not giving you that feeling, if you're feeling worse after, if you're feeling less capable, if you're questioning yourself after, if you're kind of feeling bad after, that's a sign, not 100% of the time, but that's a sign that it might not be the right support. So, you know, there are times when we will get matched with mentors or we will seek mentors and it won't always be the right support. I once had a mentor who actually really upset me and made me feel really, really bad, right? And imagine if I had stuck with that person and said, like, oh, it must just be me. Like, I should just be appreciative that this executive is giving me their time. It was a mismatch. And also, a mismatch doesn't mean like you're right and they're wrong. It just means you're not the right match. Different people are going to resonate with different types of support, right? So some people – like different styles of support. So me personally, I like support that is very inspiring, but I prefer a more gentle support. I don't like something that feels militant. I don't like something that feels too like curated. I like something that feels like a warm, welcoming pit stop that after I've spent enough time in that pit stop, I'm like ready to get out there in the snowstorm because it was so rejuvenating and so nourishing. So you want to think about what type of support infrastructure feels right for you, and you just want to make sure that you are bringing that into your professional life, into your professional experience in a robust way. Like I said, the goal of transforming, building emotional resilience, building self-confidence, that's a big goal. It's like trekking through a snowstorm to a desert oasis, so you want to make sure you have infrastructure to support you in doing that. Okay. That was the first part, is make sure you surround yourself with support infrastructure. Number two is you have to choose your priorities. You have to get really clear on your priorities. So here's the thing. There's your current situation, your current level of confidence, your current level of success, your current level of risk taking. And then there's the goal, right? It's the level of confidence you want to have. It's the level of success you want to have. Those are two different states of being. Let's call them point A and point B. Point A is where you are right now. Point B is where you want to go, right? Point B is the tropical oasis that I've been talking about. Okay, now there's a reason why you haven't gotten to point B yet. It's because you have to make a really big trade-off to get there. You have to trek through the snow. It's going to take a lot of time. Like, it's a real effort that you have to make to get there. And what we're talking about when we're talking about you going from point A to point B is we're talking about a trade-off, right? A trade off means that I have two options and both options have a positive and a negative. So it's not a situation where one option is so much better than the other option. So, for example, several years ago, I, since we're talking about roller coasters, let's stick with the theme of roller coasters. I went to Six Flags with my partner. We wanted to go for the day to ride the roller coasters. And when we went, You could get a season pass where you could go all year for the same price as a one-day pass, literally the same price. So we got season passes, and that was a very easy decision because there was no trade-off. So why would we not do it? So that's an example of a decision that's just like pure upside. There is no trade-off. Now, when it comes to you growing your resilience, growing your emotional capacity, and developing confidence, that is a decision that has a trade-off the trade-off is that you have to put in effort, you have to take risks, you have to experience a certain level of discomfort. Now, the problem is what we do in our minds, and we don't always realize we're doing this. We're not even always aware of this, right? But we treat this trade-off as if it should be a situation of pure upside. We expect that moving to our goals should be all upside. We want it to be like the Six Flags Day where you get there and buy your ticket and they say, hey, now you get a season pass. And so we're trying to find a way to the goal that we want. We're trying to find a way from point A to point B or a way from the snowstorm to the tropical island that doesn't involve anything hard or bad or time consuming or uncomfortable. And we're searching and searching and searching. And the reason that we're doing that is because in our minds, we're thinking This should be all upside. This shouldn't be a trade-off. And it makes sense that we're thinking that, right? Because our goals and the things we want, we think about them as a good thing. My goal is a good thing. It's an exciting thing. It makes me feel good to think about it. I want it. It's great. It's awesome. So our brains, which sometimes really oversimplify and aren't always the best at helping us really comprehend nuance, our brains say like, oh, this is a good thing. So it should feel good. It should always be upside. It should be a positive all the time. And then we look at this snowstorm that we have to trek through, and we're like, wait, like, what? No, I'm not, what? I, I, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't feel right. And instead of us saying, you know what, maybe it's worth it for me to take this trade off and to take some downsides so that I can get to the upside of the tropical place that I'm going to, instead of us saying that, we bang our heads against the wall hoping and wanting a solution that's pure upside, that doesn't involve a sacrifice. Because why why would we want to make a sacrifice, right? Like as humans, we don't want to be uncomfortable for fun. We do want things to be easy. This is a very natural, normal human impulse that we wish for it to be easy. The problem is that with this goal, it is a trade-off, right? It is going to be difficult. And the sooner that we can admit that to ourselves and say, like, look, This isn't pure upside. There is some work that I have to put in to get there. The sooner that we can really look at that with clear eyes, the sooner we can choose our priorities. And it really is a simple choice. We have to decide what is more important to us. We have to ask ourselves is it more important to me to get to the outcome I want? Or is it more important for me to enjoy the comfort and perceived stability? of where I am right now. And it's really important to admit to ourselves that there is comfort and perceived stability in where we are right now. We don't like it, it's not our goal, but unless we admit to ourselves that it does come with comfort and it does come with a sense of perceived stability, until we admit that to ourselves, We're going to bang our head against the wall and avoid going into the snowstorm and not understand why we're not making progress. So what we have to say, or at least what we have to ask ourselves is, am I willing to let go of what's comfortable? And am I willing to let go of this perception of stability and deal with the scariness of that in order to move to something better? And that better thing isn't instantly accessible to me in this moment, and it's not going to be accessible to me even in the instant where I make that decision. I'm going to have to face discomfort as I move towards that. Is that trade-off worth it to me? What is my priority? This is very important because if you haven't gotten straight in your head what your priority is, your mind is going to be fighting against you on the surface, you might think that you are committed to your goal. You might think like, no, I really want this growth. But if you haven't stopped to really ask yourself, am I willing to make the trade-off? Am I willing to experience the challenges that come with pursuing the growth I want? If you haven't really thought about that and explored that, then your subconscious mind might not be on board with that and it might be working against you in getting to your goal, getting to the tropical island, Because there's a part of you that doesn't want things to change. And listen, this is why change is so hard for humans, right? Like this is why this stuff isn't easy. It's why this stuff can be difficult. But difficult does not mean impossible. And that's the good news in all of this, which is that if you start to put these pieces in place, you have the support infrastructure you need. You've chosen your priorities and you've gotten clear on what trade off you are prepared to make. When you do those things, the work works. Like if you do walk that trek, you will make it to the tropical island. It'll be hard. It'll take time. It'll be cold when you're out there in the snow. But there's nothing stopping you either, right? So on the one hand, yes, it's difficult. But on the other hand, I want you to see how empowering it feels to be like, well, it's hard and it's long and there's a lot. But if I put these pieces in place, I am going to grow. I am going to experience a change. I am going to experience a transformation in myself and in my career. So that is the second one, is choose your priorities and be really clear in your decision. And listen, like when I'm working with people and I'm supporting someone, as a coach, I do not tell people what their priorities should be. Only they can decide that. And so a lot of people think that I'm going to tell them that they should want growth or that they should be going bigger. And that's absolutely not what I would ever tell someone. I would tell someone that it's, you know, our job together to uncover what they want, like to uncover what their true desire is either way. And typically, for the women who are attracted to my work, their true desire is growth. But this isn't to lead you to like you have to grow. What I want to lead you to is you you want to be honest with yourself. You want to be in integrity with yourself. You want to be admitting to yourself the truth of what you want. And there will be times in your life where the truth of what you want is that you don't want change in that moment. And that is okay. And there's going to be times in your life where the truth is that you do want change, but a part of you isn't fully going for it because it is quite scary. And it is so important to recognize when that's happening so that you can ask yourself, like, am I comfortable continuing to make this trade-off? Am I comfortable continuing to postpone the change that I want to experience? Am I okay with that? And listen, like I said, this stuff is hard, and I think we have to be very non judgmental and very kind towards ourselves as we uncover these things. Because as humans, we all have these dark, shadowy sides to ourselves, right? Where we say we want something, but we don't want to put in the work, or we say something's important to us, but really we're not moving towards it. We all do this. Like, this is just how we are as humans. And it doesn't make us bad, it doesn't make us wrong, but we just want to see it so that we can be in the driver's seat of our own careers and our own lives. Because once we get in the driver's seat, we are the ones making decisions and we start to feel that sense of power and that sense of autonomy that we're moving ourselves and our lives in the direction that we want to. So that was the second thing, which is choose your priorities, get super clear on them. The third piece to this, and I've really kind of led into this and really talked about a lot of this already, is you want to be willing to feel uncomfortable. So if you're going to this tropical island and you haven't made the decision that you're willing to experience discomfort, it's going to be really hard to step out onto that snow and make that journey. On some level, if you want to stretch yourself, part of that stretching process is going to involve discomfort and you have to be okay with that. But remember, if you have support infrastructure helping you refuel in between the discomfort, and if you're clear on your priorities and what matters most to you, then the discomfort becomes something that you can digest. It becomes worth it. It becomes an amount of effort that you are willing to put in for something that matters to you. And what's really important, and this kind of overlaps with number two, like choosing your priorities and examining the trade offs. What's really important about being willing to feel discomfort is that it's really important that when you're thinking about the discomfort involved in change and taking risks and doing scary things, you want to make sure that you are weighing that against the discomfort of staying the same. Because while staying the same comes with like a cozy sense of comfort and you don't have to do the hard, scary things – It also comes with more of like a chronic low-grade discomfort and sense of dissatisfaction. And I think what's really tricky, and I talked about this in another recent episode that I recorded, I think what's really tricky about change is that the discomfort of change is sometimes more of like an obvious, it's right in your face discomfort. And so that kind of leads us to have a bit of a bias against it because it's so obvious, it's so in your face. Whereas the discomfort of staying the same is like this subtle in the background discomfort. It's kind of like the difference between sort of like having a health condition slowly developing and you don't have very obvious symptoms, but maybe something about your lifestyle is having like this gradual negative impact on your health versus having like a health condition with like intense pain every single day. If you experience the intense pain every single day, you're gonna be motivated to go to the doctor faster because it's more in your face. Even if, like, let's say that pain isn't as long term threatening to your overall health, right? Maybe like the subtle thing is the more threatening thing, but because it's not in your face, you aren't as incentivized to treat it, right? So you kind of develop this bias. And that's a little bit how I think about the change process. Usually when we want to grow and like walk through the snowstorm to that tropical oasis, the the impact of like the cold and the winds and the intensity of that is so much more obvious than the impact of us just staying in the same place and staying stagnant. So when you're wanting to grow, the discomfort that you have to face to really initiate and catalyze that growth process It's more obvious, it's more in your face than the subtle discomfort of staying the same. So we often have that bias away from it, even though so often when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture, it actually isn't worth it and we're actually not making the smarter trade-off. And this is why it's so important to just carve out time to really think about what you want and think about what matters most to you. Because I have found that through the ups and downs, If I carve out time to just step back and say, what do I want? Like, why am I here? What am I doing? It helps remind me what is most important. And it helps remind me why I am willing to put in the effort. And so what I want to close with is I want to remind you that all of these things are doable. These are choices you can make. You can choose to make the trek to the tropical oasis. You can choose to establish infrastructure that will support you along the journey. You can choose to make growth and change your ultimate priority, even if it means that you have to feel discomfort. Those are all things that you can choose. And listen, you don't need to get them perfect right away. You just need to choose and start. You will figure it out along the way. This journey through the snow to the tropical oasis You can adjust your plan anytime you want, right? So in the analogy I gave where it's like you're allowed to like take all this money and set up whatever infrastructure you want to help you cross the snowstorm and get to the oasis. In that analogy, you can keep adding things and taking things away and changing things, right? So it's not like you have to have it all figured out before you go. That's for sure not going to work. You're going to plant one hut. You're going to be like, okay, I think I can go like a mile or two before I need a break. And you're gonna be like, oh shoot, (laughs) I could not go nearly as far as I thought I could. I think I need another hut, right? Or you're gonna plant a hut and be like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to have a coffee maker in the hut. Okay, for the next one, I need to make sure I have a coffee maker. So don't treat this as something where you have to be all knowing, where you have to be omniscient, where you have to get it perfect. I want you to treat it as an iterative process where you get to keep tweaking and adjusting. And the beautiful thing is, like with every tweak and with every adjustment, you're moving closer and closer. So it's not like when you tweak something, you're like, oh no, I'm failing, I'm regressing. Think about every tweak as a change you're making to the next pit stop. Like by definition, you are moving closer to another pit stop. I was with my clients inside my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, and I shared something with them that really resonated with them. And we talked about it just a little bit in our session, but I shared with them that I don't actually believe that it's possible to regress and go backwards because every hiccup that we encounter is deepening our understanding of ourselves. So, if we understand ourselves better, it means we're going to be more prepared for what comes up in the future. We cannot regress because we are always understanding ourselves more deeply. And I think about it as you're walking through a snowstorm to a tropical oasis. And every change you make is a change to the next pit stop. But if you imagine yourself as like a little dot on the map you're still getting closer. Like, okay, you forgot to put a coffee machine in the first pit stop. Big whoop. Who cares? Like, let's not make a big deal out of it. Let's just get a coffee machine in the next pit stop and keep going. Oh, you realize you forgot something else. Oh, another thing went wrong. Cool. Like, let's just keep going. When you have that approach and you have that attitude, your growth happens so much faster. So I hope that this episode, one, makes you feel fired up to put the work in, and two, shows you that it's possible. Yes, it's a challenge. Yes, it requires you to put effort in, but in my opinion, it is totally 100% worth it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And as a reminder, if you want to go deeper into my work, check out my free resource library where you can grab all of my video courses, workbooks, worksheets, audio trainings, unpublished podcast episodes, and eBooks by heading to coaching.com slash free resources or by clicking the link in the show note. Thank you so much for being here. Truly, you listening to this show brings me so much joy and so much satisfaction. I still remember when I first started my podcast and I didn't have really many people listening and I appreciated the small handful of people that were there, but it you know, was a lot of effort and All I wanted was it to be reaching people. And so it means so much to me that you are here, that you are tuning in, and that I'm getting to have an impact on your career path. So thank you, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye!